Hey, good morning, everybody. Really glad that you're here today. Dads, I'm especially glad that you're here today with us because we're going to honor you today. This is, you know, your day. You can call it your day all you want. And uh, I just want to give you some permissions today that you get to do anything you want today, okay? So your family, I hope you're listening, family, that your dad, the dad in your home gets to do anything he wants today, whatever it is, okay? It's his day. So let him do whatever it is he wants to do today, okay? It's his day. Only one day a year that it gets to be his day. This is his day, okay? And here's what happens. I was watching this stuff online is that we get the Father's Day. It's our day. And then so many dads, they're like, they're the only ones in the house that knows how to grill, you know? And so they're, they think that it's the only one that know how. So then they work all day grilling because that's what dads want to do. You know, we want to have guy food. We want to have steak or something like that, you know? And ever since my colon deal, I can only have a steak occasionally, (laughs) okay? Uh, But you know, it's just all, you know, so it ends up being a lot of work for us. But I just want to say, dad, this is your day. You get to do whatever it is you want to do, okay? That's the permission, okay? Let's go home. I hope you're encouraged, okay? That would be really cool. Okay, so here's what we're going to do, though. We're going to, you know, on Mother's Day, Kim talked, and uh, she did her talk based on a survey that was done of moms. And then she talked about what moms need most. And well, I got this idea when I saw what was, where she was going to go with her talk that I would do kind of the same thing. So I asked dads that day to help me to know what you needed most. And we did a survey, and dads helped me out. Thank you so much, dads, for all your responses. And so what I did is I took the top needs that dads said they had, and I've designed the service today, my message portion, around trying to help dads understand how they can get their top needs met. So dads, this is for you to know. Now, also, just if you're a kid or if you're a mom and you're here today, this is also for you to know. And so that you can help the dad in your life to be able to get the needs met that he says are his top needs, the needs that he has that you can help him get met. Okay, so dads, I've been praying for you. I've been praying over this talk today because I know when it comes to Father's Day that sometimes dad can walk into church and they can kind of have their armor up and they're not sure exactly if it's going to be encouraging or it's going to be kind of browbeating, whatever it's going to be for dads. And I want you to know today that my prayer is that this is encouraging. Whether you take it that way or not, that's your choice, okay? But my encouragement is that this is going to be encouraging. It's going to lift you up. It's going to inspire you to be the best dad you can be, no matter where you are in this journey of being a dad. Whether you're you know, wanting to be a dad, you just became a dad, whether you've been a dad for a while, you've been a dad for a long time, you're at the end of fathering. Wherever it is, I believe that if you were to choose today to listen to what we're talking about, that you can truly change the trajectory of your family. You can change the direction of your family. It's never too late for you to turn to God. And as you turn to God, those members of your family who are looking to you, they will look to you and they will be inspired to follow God as well. It's never too late to make that change. So I just want to give you that right up front as we go through this. And so, you know, kind of the whole way it worked out is that uh, beginning next week, we're going to do a series through Psalms. Okay, we're going to go through Psalms through the summer. The series is called Lift. There's a little flyer in your program that you can look at. But as I was working on a series on Psalms, I ran across, there's 150 of them, by the way, and I knew we couldn't do 150 in the summer. Well, I, you know, ran across a couple of Psalms that I thought, well, those work really well for Father's Day. And then I took the needs that you said you had, and I said, actually, those those kind of, you know, dovetailed together really well for Father's Day. So we're going to look at Psalm 127 and 128 today. So if you have your Bible, you can turn there. If you have your message notes, you can grab those. You can follow along. They look like this. All the verses I'll use will be here. Also, you can take some notes today as we go through this uh, together. So I want to begin today by reading these two Psalms out loud. 
and just kind of give you a picture of what it is that God says to us in these Psalms. Here we go. Unless the Lord builds the house, the work of the builders is wasted. Unless the Lord protects the city, guarding it with sentries will do no good. It is useless for you to work from early morning until late at night, anxiously working for food to eat, for God gives rest to his loved ones. Children are a gift from the Lord. They are a reward from him. Children born to a young man are like arrows in a warrior's hands. How joyful is the man whose quiver is full of them. He will not be put to shame when he confronts his accusers at the gates. Psalm 128. How joyful are those who fear the Lord, all who follow his ways. You will know the fruit of your labor. How joyful and prosperous you will be. Your wife will be like a fruitful grapevine flourishing within your home. Your children will be like vigorous young olive trees as they sit around your table. That is the Lord's blessings for those who fear him. May you see Jerusalem prosper as long as you live. May you live to enjoy your grandchildren. May Israel have peace. Don't you just love those chapters? The picture they give of what it's like when a dad says, I'm going to build my home on God. I'm going to build my home on the pursuit of him and fearing him in life. Now, both of these psalms, both of these psalms address what it means to know the blessing of God in the raising of children, the blessing of the home. Uh, in Jewish practices, Psalm 127 was actually read at a Thanksgiving service for the birth of a child. Now, in the next service, we're going to have a you know, parent-child dedication today, and so it would be a typical that Psalm 127 would be read at that kind of dedication. Now, both of these psalms are called Psalm of Ascents. And basically what that means is, is that these would be psalms, certain psalms were set apart as the, the people would be moving to the place to go to worship, and they would recite or read these psalms as they traveled along together. So they would recite or recite these, you know, read these psalms. So these are psalms of ascent. Both of these psalms are written by Solomon. Okay, they're written by Solomon. They are considered into the wisdom literature of the Psalms. So they're teaching us how to follow God, how to know him, how to pursue him. So it's wisdom literature that we're looking at today as we talk about this whole idea of what a dad actually needs. So I'm going to walk through those verses kind of line by line and look at this whole idea and helping encourage dads today. But I want to begin with, go back to what the number one need that dad said they have, and that is for appreciation and encouragement And I want to read again the verses that Kim read just a while ago in the welcome. And it says this, honor your father and mother. This is the first commandment with a promise. If you honor your father and mother, things will go well for you and you will have a long life on the earth. Now, Father's Day, there's a lot, (laughs) believe it or not, there's a lot of this, you know, there's a lot of different opinions, okay, on where Father's Day actually got its start. Uh, But they think, you know, started up in the Northwest in 1908. Uh, where a woman decided she wanted to honor her father, and so she went to the local clergy in town and said, I want to have a service to honor fathers, and I want to do it on June 5th. And he, they said, well, okay, I don't know, this was like May 31st. And they said, we could never get it done by June 5th, so why don't we do it on the third Sunday of June? And so that's where they say the whole idea of Father's Day got started. Then it, uh, uh, one of the presidents signed it into kind of a resolution, and then it was in 1972 that President Richard Nixon signed Father's Day as a national holiday. So that's where it got to start. In America, 
But it got to start a long time ago in the Bible, okay, that God made it clear all the way back in the Ten Commandments. He said in the Ten Commandments that you should honor your father and your mother, and he gave a promise that it would go well with you when you do that. So guys, here's what we want to do. We want to honor you. We want to encourage you. We want to celebrate you. I'm going to challenge you today to be a warrior, that you're going to give yourself. You're going to be a builder, a warrior. You're going to be someone who's pursuing God with everything you have, because as you do that, you're going to make the greatest difference in your life and your family. And I just want to say it this way. You are, there's a movie that started on Friday called Man of Steel. You are men of steel. Okay. That's who you are. Do you guys get to see that yet? Who who saw the movie already? Men of steel, men of steel. Only a few. I got to saw it on Friday. Okay. I made sure that was my father's day gift to me uh, to do that with my family. Right. We went and saw it together. Uh, Look at that logo. Doesn't that just, oh man, it's just testosterone in the logo. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) I just love this. I love the movie. It's full of action from start to finish. But what's really cool about the movie, and I was, this is all sidebar, okay? This is not in my talk, okay? Um, I should be a movie commentator. That's what I, that should be my job, okay? So anyway, it was really cool about this. And if you've read much about the movie, and I want to set you up when you go to see it, if you would look at this movie and compare the man of steel, Superman, compare him to what you know about Jesus Christ, the real man of steel, as you watch the movie. And just see all the similarities that are made in this movie. It's a spiritual movie about Superman and Jesus Christ. Secondly, I want to ask you to watch the fathers. There are two fathers in the movie. Two fathers. And I want want you to watch those fathers and how they spoke into this young man's life and how he became who they said he would be as they spoke into his life. It's just amazing as you watch this and see this actually you know, transposed. Actually, you know, that S there, as you find out in the movie, you've seen the clip, so you probably already know, that S doesn't mean Superman, it means hope. It means hope. On the, on the planet from which Superman was from, it means hope. And so my encouragement to you today, dads, is that you, as you leave today, would be men of hope. Men of steel, men of hope, as we do this together. Okay, let's look at these things that dad said they need. The first thing dad said they need was wisdom wisdom. And you know what? I'm right there. I put that first on my list as well. Wisdom. I need wisdom uh, because parenting is a hard, hard endeavor. In fact, look at what the psalmist says. He says, unless the Lord builds the house, those who build it labor in vain. So, okay, first of all, we got to say, who's building the house? God. Okay, first, God's building the house. We need to make that clear all the way through. In fact, this will set you free and even your parenting when you just say, okay, God's the one doing this and I'm just working with God to do this. So I need to go to God who's building the house and ask him what he wants me to do next. So that's where the whole idea of wisdom plays out in this, that we need to go to God and ask God, what do you want us to do? So it's just a reminder that you and I need God's wisdom, dads, if we're going to build a builder homes the way that he wants us to build them. Now, I'm sure we can build a home, but if you ever try to build a home without plans... You ever try to build a home without a builder around? You know, I would try that. It would be chaos. We'd never even get the, you know, the foundation dug uh, to be able to do that. But what we do is we turn to God. We look to him for wisdom in order to be able to build our homes. And what he's saying here is really clear. He's saying that apart from his involvement, apart from his involvement, that everything we do is useless. And I picked the ESV translation in these sections right here of these verses because I love the word. It is vain. It is vain. There's no stronger word to me. It's just, I don't want to do anything that's vain. Do you? It's going to be meaningless and useless. But he says, if I don't let God build the house, it is useless. If I don't look to him for support. Now, where do we get wisdom 
from God. You know, where do we go to get wisdom from God? Well, the place we go to get wisdom from God is from his word. And so what he's saying here is, man of God, you need to know God's word. You need to read God's word. You need to let God's word sink into you so that you know his and you have his wisdom and you have his <coughs> words planted in you. <coughs> and then you know what it is to do when the, because honestly, where you need wisdom the most isn't often in times where you have a lot of time to think, right? As a dad, it's like on the moment, flying through it, flying through life, and you've got a confrontation or something happens and you need wisdom at that moment. In fact, I'll tell you what, where I, you know, kind of sense this whole idea of when you need wisdom is when you come home and, you know, your wife looks at you and he says, your children need you to talk to them. <laughs> you know that when they're your children and not our children anymore, that there's a problem, right? And so there's, you need that wisdom right there. And so you need to rely on the wisdom that God has planted in you through his word. And so that's my first encouragement. Now, I know that my dad he had a lot of, you know, just like all dads, we're all imperfect. And my dad had his imperfections. And uh, one of his uh, things that he struggled with was a consistent pursuit of God. And, you know, he had reasons why, and I understand uh, why he struggled in his pursuit of God. But here's one thing I do remember, is that on Sundays, uh, that when my mom would be, you know, dragging all of his kids out of the house to go to church, that my dad would be over in his chair, and he would be reading the Bible. And he'd be reading the Bible. I don't know what, how it was going in or what it was doing, but my dad knew that he needed at least that much. He needed God's word in him. And I just want to encourage you, Dad, that you would make the Bible part of your life. And, and as you became more familiar with it, it's going to become more familiar to you and easier for you to understand and apply it to life. Okay, the second thing is the psalmist says, or that Dad said, is they need support. So these go together. Wisdom and support go together. Um, and so we get wisdom, but we also need support and how to to live that out. And the psalmist says this, uh, unless the Lord watches over the city, the watchman stays awake in vain. And uh, another translation, the one we read earlier says, uh, unless the Lord watches over the, the city, the sentries. And so the sentries would be those who were uh, given the, the job of guarding over the city. And so what I would say to dads, that's us, that we've been given the job together to guard over the city. And so we do it with God, but we also do it together. Just as you can't build God's house without wisdom, uh, you can't protect God's house without him being the protector, but also without other men to lean on, other men to come along to for support. So every, every dad, we know this. We just know that fatherhood is too, too difficult. It's too hard. As Brian said earlier, I loved what he said. You know, he's got four kids under 10. Uh, and uh, he sometimes doesn't know whether he's coming or going. And that's, you know, it doesn't matter how many kids you get to have or where you are in fathering is that you never reach a point where you know it all. You never reach a point where you have all the answers. You never reach a point where you have all the solutions. And so you have to come and you need to get the support of a community, other people in process with you together, understanding what God says. So we have to look to other men for that. The Bible says, and this is where it gets into the guy talk. You know, I love the Bible when it gets into that kind of testosterone stuff. It says that iron sharpens iron. Iron sharpens iron. And so we come to that and we say, guys, we are iron and we're coming together. Hi. <laughs> Sorry about that. We're coming together. As we're, <laughs> iron sharpens iron together. And that as we're sharpening each other, then we be, are becoming the men that God has called us to be and become in this life. And so we, you know, what we want to do as a church is we want to say, okay, 
If that's true and that's accurate that we need men coming together, then we as a church, we want to help that process. We want to help that, uh, make it easier if you have entry points to be with men. And so we have a men's ministry and the men's ministry, their role is to help men connect together and to learn to be men of God, okay? And so they do that, and some of the things they do, one of the things that's coming up that I want to just entice you guys with is on July 29th is that we're having our first men's ministry meal, okay? Uh, so we're having this at night in the evening time on Monday, July 29th. This is a guy food night, and so um, I, I keep saying that, and I'll say it in all the services because I think that means steak. You know, I'm hoping that means steak. So, okay, so <laughs> men's ministry meal or burgers, that just is good for me for guy food. And so, but we're going to come together as guys, and you know what, guys, I just want to entice you. How many of you listen to Air One? You know, listen to Air One on the radio, 99.1 Air One. There's a guy on Air One in the afternoons, if you ever get this chance, his name is Brant. Anybody ever listen to Brant? Isn't he just a gas? Isn't he hilarious? He is so funny. Women, you cannot come to this. Brant is going to be our speaker, okay, on July 29th. Brant is going to come and speak for us. It's going to be so much fun, and we're going to have so much fun coming together, guys. I just love our men for doing this and putting this together so we can just learn what it's like to be together with guys and have fun. The second thing we do is we do Bible studies. You know, okay, if the Bible is something we need to get for wisdom, then we're going to have Bible study together. And so we have a, you know, men of the Bible. It meets uh, on Thursday mornings. Uh, it's called Mob as what they call it, men of the Bible. And then also, I, I believe starting in September will be another men's study called 33. And 33 is designed to help guys overcome their father wounds. We have them. Guys overcome their father wounds. And so we want to help men be better. We also have a men's retreat that'll be in September. And just kind of heads up, we'll be talking about that more in the next couple of weeks, just taking guys away for a weekend so they can hang together and they can bond and they can come back better men as they come back. So we need support. Three, dads need rest. Dads, dads need rest. Psalm 127, verse 2. It is in vain that you rise up early and go late to rest, eating the bread of anxious toil, for he gives to his beloved sleep. Okay, so what this is addressing and what I want to talk about here is the dad who believes that everything rides, rises and falls on him. The dad who believes that everything rises and falls on him. The dad who kind of has this idea that the whole universe just rides on his shoulders. And so he thinks he can never, you know, we talked about this for moms on mom's day. Is that moms can get caught up in this whole idea too. That every, you know, they can't stop. They have to work themselves to death. They have to keep going all the time. And that they can never get rest. Well, dads can be the same way. And so they, re- they kind of think that it all is, you know, dependent on what I do. And so I cannot take time out to rest. And so the psalmist says here, says, you know what? You're crazy and it's useless. It's worthless. If you think that you can work all the time, stay up, you know, get up early, stay up late, you know, and get on that treadmill and you'll end up falling off the treadmill because it's worthless and it's useless. Now we all know that fathering can be difficult, right? It can be hard. And it says there that it can become anxious toil. And, and I think the reason it can become anxious toil is because we don't take time to rest. And so that we get fatigued. And as we get fatigued, we get short. At least that's the way I get when I'm fatigued. And, uh, and so uh, I can get a little, um, feel sorry for myself, a little self-focused. And so I need to make time, take time out 
to rest. Now, guys, this is, this is it today for you right here. I, I'm just thinking today that one, some of you dads today that what you're going to say to your family is, since this is your day and you can do anything you want, you're going to say after church, hey, you know what? Here's what we're going to do today. You're all going to go somewhere. <laughs> I'm going to pull down all the blinds and I'm just going to take a nap for the rest of the day. Okay. And so some of you dads, that may be the best gift that you could get to take a nap. So here's what, here's what God's trying to say. He says, ultimately, it's not about your work. It's about my blessing. That's what it's about. It's not your, about your work. It's about my blessing. But here's, dads, I just want to say this because some of you might use this to an extreme. This passage is not, is not saying that you should just go home and get in your recliner in your man cave and never come out. Okay, that's not, it's not saying that at all. It's not saying that we shouldn't work. It's, it's not saying, hey, dad, just go ahead and sleep in, okay? Don't bother getting out of bed today. Hey, God's sovereign. It says in his word that, you know, that he will feed the birds. Surely he will feed your kids, okay? Just go ahead. It says that he will clothe. The lilies are clothed, so just let your kids find their own clothes. That's not what it's saying, okay? Because we do have to work. The point is this. I have to work hard, but not trust my work. I have to work hard, but not trust my work. I have to trust in the goodness and graciousness of God. See, folks, I don't know why God did this. He could have made us so that we never slept. Right? He's the creator. He could have made us so that we never, ever slept. But he designed us in such a way that we would need sleep, that we would need occasions when we had to shut down. So here's the deal. What I think is the pattern of sleep is God's built-in reminder that the universe can run just fine when we're unconscious, okay? That's it. The universe can run just fine when we're unconscious, when we take a break and let God do what God can only do. Fourth, dads need vision. They need vision. A lot of dads said this. A lot of dads said, you know, I need, and I don't know if they were specifically saying about parenting, but that's where I, the way I took it since we were talking about that. But they said, you know, I just need a vision for my life. I need some kind of direction. Well, this is what it says in verses 3 through 5a. Behold, children are a heritage from the Lord. Now, that heritage, that means an inheritance. That means something that you're setting aside that's good for the future. Okay, the fruit of the womb, a reward. Like arrows in the hand of a warrior are the children's of one's, children of one's youth. Blessed is the man whose quiver is full of them. So what comes through these verses is that we are to view our children as a gift from God. Now, first of all, you need to do that. You need to understand. I need to view my children as a gift from God. Uh, one of the things that I, I hear from parents, and uh, Jordan, don't listen to this, okay? And I've thought myself, is that I just can't wait till these kids get out of here. You know, I just, some days you just think, right, it's not going to come soon enough. They're not going to leave soon enough. And so you get all caught up in that and you get, you struggle with that and you miss out on the gift that God's given you. And when you're struggling like this, what can happen is that uh, you can lose patience. You know, you lose patience with them because you forget where it is. You forget the vision. Okay. You forget what it is that's happening. And so you're like, okay, I just, you know, I, if you just, you know, you just shape up or I can't wait till you get out and then I'll be happy. If you could realize, no, this is the season right now that God has given me to implant a vision, to plant direction, to set trajectory for the rest of their lives instead of seeing kids as a nuisance. So we have to realize uh, 
my young children are not robbing me of life. My young children are my life. If you have young children, they're not robbing me of life. They are actually my life. So what my goal is, is to raise my children so that they then have a direction for life when they actually leave my home. So what if we viewed parenting that way? What if we viewed parenting as that, with that kind of vision? What if we realized that God has given us the children of our home and not so that we can send them out so that they can make a lot of money, they can be successful, they can be famous, they can have this, they can do that, they can do all the things that I couldn't do. What if we instead saw child raising as our opportunity to send out kingdom builders, culture changers, people that would go out and make a difference in our world? What if we saw that as our vision? It's an amazing vision that God's given us so that they can make a difference. Dad, I just say today, you are a warrior. You are a warrior. It says there that, and that you've been given a quiver of arrows and then you have a bow and you get to take that bow back and you get to shoot those arrows into life. One of the shows that um, my son's gotten us watching, or at least me and him watching, uh, is called The Arrow. And uh, in the, it's all about a guy who shoots arrows, and uh, he's really into this whole thing. And so I just thought, you know, just for testosterone's sake today, we'd watch a clip, okay, of this. And so let's watch this as we talk about vision. do that. <laughs> oh, you know, just making his own arrow. You see how much of work it was that he was going to to make sure that every arrow had the right amount of sharpness on it. And then, the, you know, the uh, whatever you call that stick part to make sure that that's straight and you're going to be able to shoot that out. Well, that's what we're doing in the family. We're forming those arrows. We're helping them to so that when it comes to that moment, when we pull that arrow, that bow back, dad, and we launch and release that kid into the world that it shoots straight and true toward the target that we've aimed for. That's the vision for being a dad. That I get to aim my kids toward a vision and purpose that's greater than anything that maybe our culture would say would be acceptable. But instead I say, God, what do you want these kids to be? God, how do you want our family to impact the world and culture? And then you aim that arrow and you aim that kid and then you just let go. And then when you let go, you let go. And you trust that you've aimed correctly and that you've built in the right amount of sharpness and straightness of that arrow that hits the target. I'm eager right now. Uh, We get to do this for the first time as a family. Some, many of you have been way down this road and I look to you for guidance and help and how to do this well, but we're at the point right now of letting go our first child. You know, he's, he's got, got, we got the arrow, we got the bow drawn back. It's resting there. And uh, on August 23rd, we'll walk away and we'll release that arrow and it'll be gone. And so we're just looking at that right now, and, and it's very emotional for me, and I'm sure all parents, as emotional when you do this, one, two, three, four, how many times you do it? I don't think it probably gets any easier. 
dudes. I'm sure it was really hard for our parents, you know, those of us, you know, who are older, and that our parents all struggled. We all struggle with this whole idea, but I'm really struggling with this right now. Um, partly because, you know, I, I look at my imperfections and faults, and, and I know I'm, I've been an imperfect dad. Uh, there's no question that I've been an imperfect dad, but uh, as much as I intended to build in certain character traits, as much as I intended to, you know, to, uh, to model what I wanted them to be, that what came out of me many times was really the brokenness of who I am. And uh, so as I get to this place, what I'm having to let go of is, is I'm, I'm letting go of the arrow, and I'm also letting go of some regret uh, over things that I wish I would have done a little bit differently. But here's where I'm trusting God, and maybe this would be some encouragement for some of you today. What I realize is, is, is that every imperfection I have Every mistake I've made, every regret that eats at me, are all part of who my son is. And as I get to release that arrow on August 23rd, that that will all be part of how God uses him in the future. Because see, every one of us came from a perfect parent's. If we, if we thought only perfect parents could have good children, then there would be no good children. There'd be no children on purpose. But we realize, and this is where we trust the grace of God, we trust the blessing of God, that as we release into the world, that God will take the imperfections of the parents, the things that the parents wish they would have done differently, and he will shape that. All things work together for good for those who love him as he gets shot out into the world. That's the vision God has for us. Okay, guys, let's do that. Let's be warriors in that way. Next, dads need respect. Dads need respect. Now, this is where I'm just going to talk just to dads, and I'm going to pick on dads just for a minute, okay? I'm just going to pick on us a little bit, because I've heard this from dads, and I've, you know, I'm, I'm like, you know, I don't think this is really how it's going to work, dad, so let me help you out a little bit today. See, there's some dads that say, in order for me to be respected, my family can never tell me what I did wrong. I've heard this. In order for me to be respected, my family can never tell me what I did wrong. And what you're saying is, is that if my family respects me, they won't point out when I make mistakes. If my family respects me, they won't point out when I stumble. If my family respects me, they won't point out to me when I'm living contradictory to my values or what I said to be true. I was telling Kim about this. We were walking along on vacation uh, last week, and I told her about this, and, and I said, you know what, Kim, this is sometimes, because this is what's been so true for me, here's sometimes what a dad needs. Sometimes a dad needs a child to come to him or her, a dad, to come to him and say, Dad, you messed up. Dad, you screwed up today. Dad, you're just being a turd, okay? Just that's honest, Okay. <laughs> And she said I could say that in church too. Okay, there we go. <laughs> but it's true. You, you just need to be open, Dad. And when you are open to your children coming to you and saying you messed up, you screwed up, you're being a turd, do you know what that does? Instead of taking down your respect in their eyes, you've escalated the, your, the respect that they have for you exponentially because you were able to listen. Okay. So next time your family wants to talk to you about something that you wish they wouldn't talk to you about and you're feeling like this isn't respectful, just suck it up. 
Let them talk to you because it's for your good. And they will respect you more in the long run if you do it. Okay, last idea is this. Dads need faith. They need faith. So if you don't get anything else today, dads, get this verse from Psalm 128.1. Blessed is everyone who fears the Lord who walks in his ways. Everyone who fears the Lord. Blessed is everyone who fears the Lord. And it's talking about the ability to trust God. It's talking about the movement that the, to move from being afraid of God to fearing God. And they're different things, okay? Before we come to Christ, we are afraid of God because we're afraid of his wrath and we're afraid of his punishment. But when we come to Christ, when we are one of God's children, when we are in his family, we are no longer afraid of God and afraid of his wrath and afraid of his punishment. And we don't, no longer have to cower before God. Instead, we come to God and we say, because of your awesomeness, because of your goodness, because of your glory, as we sang today, whom have I have, to, I have nothing to fear because of you in the world. And when we come to God and say, God, I fear you, I humbly bend a knee before you, then we're in relationship with him. Then we experience his love. Then we experience his grace. And that's when we're set free, dads. When we, by faith, say to God, God, you're God, and I'm not. And I'm going to live in a healthy fear and reverence of you. And I'm going to model that for my family that they're going to see that no matter what, I submit to what God says. No matter what, I go as God guides. No matter what, I trust God to provide. No matter what, I'm going to be a person of character. No matter what, I'm going to be a person of courage. And so when that happens, is you're saying, being the man God wants me to be, it comes first before everything else. Placing God at the center of my world, it comes first before everything else everything else, because I'm going to be a man who fears the Lord. Look what the proverb says when he says that same thing. It says, in the fear of the Lord, one has strong confidence and his children will have a refuge. So it's not a place of weakness to fear God. It's a place of strength as we come before him and we live by faith. So that's what dads need. Dads need appreciation. Dads need wisdom. Dads need support. Uh, dads need rest, dads need a vision, and dads need faith. Dads need all of those things. And God said, I will provide everything you need. So dad, trust God. Trust and provide what you need. Families, help your dad experience those things. Encourage your dad. Encourage the man in your life. When he's pursuing God, you're on his side, you're cheering him on. When at like no other time so that he can pursue, so he can become the man that God wants him to be, so he'll be the dad that you actually need. I love it when Brian referenced this verse from Joshua 1.9. I'm going to close with this verse. This is my challenge to you, dad. Be strong. Be courageous. Do not be afraid or discouraged. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. And you can trust him. Let's pray. Father, I pray for the men in the room. 
I pray for those who are dads of young children. Uh, I pray for those who are dads of, you know, elementary age and middle school children. I pray for those who are dads of high school and college age. I pray for those who are dads of young men, young women. I pray for dads in their senior years. Father, I pray today that every one of us would realize that it's by example that we will point our children to you. It's by example that we are going to be able to have the greatest impact. It's all we say. It's not what we say. It's not what's taught. It's what's caught. So, Father, I pray today that you would just give us your vision for raising children, why you would even want us to have children. This is another reason, so that we can have arrows to shoot into the world that can make a difference. God, that you would help us to know today that every dad here would feel encouraged, every dad here would feel built up. No matter what regrets they have, we will have regrets because we're imperfect. But it doesn't mean we've been bad. That we would receive today the gift of our Father's love. And I just thank you, Father, for everyone in this room who feels pain at Father's Day, that we can know that our Heavenly Father, the God of all comfort, is right there with us and beside us. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.